Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Wal'aqibah lil muttaqin Wala udwana illa ala zalimin Allahumma salli ala nabiyyina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Wa man tamasaka bi sunnatihi Il yawmiddin Thumma amma ba'd Alhamdulillah ala ni'mat al-islami wa sunnah all praise and thanks belong to Allah for guiding us to Islam and for guiding us to the Sunnah. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Hamdan. Hamda. We continue going over the tremendous book by the Fadil al-Shaykh al-Allama al-Shaykh bin Baz rahimahullahu ta'ala. The book which is entitled Durus al-Muhamma li'amat al-Ummah. Important lessons for the general masses of the Ummah. Uh, we come this morning, this is not the regularly scheduled time for the class, but we come this morning, bihnilahi ta'ala, to make up for what we missed out on uh, during the regularly scheduled uh, class يعني, as we were prevented from doing it uh, so inshallah ta'ala we'll use this time as a substitute for just for this week ta'ala. in last week's class we were talking about at-tawheed al-uluhiyya and there was some homework that was given as relates to it uh, and in particular it was that tremendous hadith that should be from the dhikr that each and every one of us are constant upon saying it after every salah. Inshallah ta'ala will come to that. Bithnilahi ta'ala. But before that, uh, Sheikh Abdul Razak bin Sheikh Abdul Mufsin al-Abbad al-Badr, hafidhullahu ta'ala, hafidhuhumullahu ta'ala, he mentions, he says, وَلَيْسَتْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ نَافِعَةً قَائِلَهَا مَا لَمْ يُحَقِّقْ مَدْلُولَهَا And this is very important concept that we understand. And that is, as the Shaykh he mentions, is that the one who says La ilaha illallah will not benefit by it. Meaning, or La ilaha illallah, it will not benefit the one who says it if they do not actualize that which it points to. And this shows you the importance of knowledge and it shows you the importance of concentrating on those things that will benefit us and not allowing ourselves to become distracted by those things that are of less importance or being distracted by those things that are not important or being distracted by those things that are harmful for us and detrimental to us in our situations. Um, and from those beneficial things in which we have to know it is a must, every Muslim uh, must know them is that we must know what is pointed to la what is pointed to by la ilaha illallah in other words what are those things that enter into the meaning of la ilaha illallah that must be established in order for us to be compliant to la ilaha illallah because as the reality is is as the sheikh he mentions is that an individual will not benefit by saying La ilaha illallah if they do not implement that which La ilaha illallah points to. Naam. What La ilaha illallah it points to, the Shaykh mentions, and it is the tawheed, the true monotheism of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that we give true monotheism unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. فَإِنَّ مَنْ يَقُولُهَا بلسانه وينقضها بفعله لا تنفع because the one who says لا إله إلا الله with his tongue but then with his action he negates it وينقضها بفعله with his actions he negates لا إله إلا الله with his actions he abrogates لا إله إلا الله then this person it will not he will not benefit or she will not benefit from la ilaha illallah. Man yaqulu la ilaha illallah thumma idha da'a yad'u ghayrullah. Whoever says la ilaha illallah, but then when they supplicate, they supplicate unto other than Allah. Naam. 
Hada la tanfa'u la ilaha illallah. Then this one will not benefit from la ilaha illallah. La ilaha illallah will have no benefit for this individual. Because in one breath they say it, and then with their actions, they what? They go against it. They negate it. Ma'am? They nullify it with their actions. Because they would have yet to implement that which it points to from Tawheed. They say La ilaha illallah, but then they make dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when they make dua, they make dua to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they seek help in times of peril with other than Allah. And they seek for help and assistance with other than Allah. And they uh, slaughter in the name of other than Allah Or they slaughter for other than Allah And they make oaths and take oaths uh, in, in, yani With other than Allah Or in the name of other than Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Or unto other than Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala Hadha la tanfa'u This one will not benefit from his statement of La ilaha illallah Why? Because they did not implement They did not establish That which is pointed to by La ilaha illallah Fala ilaha illallah Laysat kalima La ma'na laha Because la ilaha illallah Is not a statement That is devoid of a meaning It's not a statement That doesn't come bearing Any type of meaning Yani it doesn't have a meaning Ma'am Aw lawah La madlula laha Nor is it an articulation That doesn't point to anything It's not an articulation that it doesn't, yani, uh, uh, it, saying it doesn't have uh, ramifications and points to other things and yani, uh, things are must be necessitated in order for that statement to be valid and appropriate to the one who, who says it, so on and so forth. Because it is a statement that it comprises the most outstanding the most noble, the best of meanings, and the best of intentions, yani the best of intentions, and the most noble of object of uh what's the word? Of uh, objectives, Naam, the most noble of objectives. And that is the Tawheed of Allah and making all of the religions sincere unto Allah Tabarak wa Ta'ala. Naam, this is the most, the greatest of the meanings, the most noble of the intentions, the most noble aim and goal is to establish the Tawheed, is to establish the true monotheism, is to have all of the religion sincerely for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. And this is the meaning of La ilaha illallah, and this is what it points to. So when an individual says La ilaha illallah, then Bila shakku bila raib, all of his dua, it will be to Allah and to nothing else. When he seeks help or she seeks help in time of peril, it will be to Allah and nothing else. When they take oaths. They will take oaths in the name of Allah and for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and nothing else. When they slaughter, they will slaughter in the name of Allah and unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to nothing else. So on and so forth. This is of extreme importance that this is understood. وَقَدْ جَاءَتْ النُّصُوصِ الشَّرْعِيَّةِ and there are many texts of the Sharia that come and they encourage with being extremely attentive and having an extreme concern for this kalima. alayha and to safeguard and protect this kalima. Ma'am what tikhadiha wardan subah and to take this kalima as that which is recited as remembrance, dhikr unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside of the morning time and inside of the evening time. in the nawm and when we go to sleep. وَأَدَبَارُ salawat And after the prayer. وَغَيْرِ ذَلِكْ and, and, and other than that, and in other times and occasions than that which was aforementioned. And all of this 
it is that which will instill it will deeply instill this tawheed inside of the individual and this is why those aforementioned things are very important and the muslim they can add them to those things that every muslim must know they can add them to those lessons that every muslim must know and that is the adhkar that is the dhikr the dhikr that has come inside of the sharia the dhikr that has come inside of the book and the sunnah and in particular those adhkar as relates to the morning time and the evening time those adhkar that relates to before one goes to sleep those adhkar after the salah we have to memorize them we have to understand them now I'm, i don't want a person to think okay you memorize it but then you don't know you never know what it means right or you don't know what it means you're not cognitive of the meanings that are contained therein but then you're just saying it yani, at these times say it at those times alhamdulillah memorize it alhamdulillah but understand what it means because inside of the meaning there are tremendous benefits inside of the meaning there are tremendous benefits and we we have not been encouraged to supplicate unto Allah and to remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by way of these adhkar for just no reason but there's a tremendous reason why these adhkar in particular were taught to us by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam there's great benefit contained therein for the one who understands the meanings of these adhkar so learning these adhkar going over the meanings of these adhkar for those who they have yet to learn arabic language now then i encourage you not only memorize the uh the dhikr itself but also memorize the translation of that dhikr so that you could reflect and you will know what you're saying when you say it now because there's a tremendous benefit that is contained therein and from that is that what is that these adhkar they from yani from the benefit of them is that they instill tawhid in the one who was saying them they instilled the tawhid in the one who was saying them but that's only if the one who was saying them understands the meaning of these adhkar they they understand the meanings of these adhkar and they yani are cognitive of those meanings when they are saying them then naam it will instill it will instill the tawhid inside of a person so the instilling of tawhid inside of a person that tawhid is yani ingrained for lack of a better term inside of an individual is this important or not it's very important how important is this for our uh uh success of extreme importance okay now what about the success uh of our children how important is it for the success of our children extremely important right so with that being the case it is necessary that we really spend some time we spend some quality time doing what memorizing these adhkar going over these adhkar going over the meanings of them going over them with our families making sure our families understand the meanings of them so on and so forth why because they are linked to our success they are linked to our success in this world and inside of the next the uh, the sheikh he mentions he says well khud mathalan aw khud mithalan jamilan mufidan nafi'an thaminan lilghaya inda na'am indama tusallimu min salatik كم مرة تردد هذه الكلمة؟ The Sheikh he says he says now take let's let, let us take some beautiful, very beneficial, uh, very valuable to the full extent of value examples. نعم عندما تسلم من صلاتك when you make تسليم from your صلاه how many times do you repeat this كلمة? How many times do you repeat the kalima of la ilaha illallah? Naam. And the, yani meaning if you if we're saying the adhkar that have been taught to us by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Naam. Right? So we have to say the adhkar taught to us by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Look look at how many times we say it. Not just how many times we say it. Wa bimadha tutbi'uha hasba ma warada fi sunnah an-nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And also look at that which is followed up 
by the statement La ilaha illallah as it comes inside of the adhkar, inside of the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So I want you to look. How many times do we say in those adhkar, and in particular the one that was for homework, in that dhikr that was for homework, how many times in that dhikr do we say La ilaha illallah? And then after we say La ilaha illallah, what sentence follows it? Because there's benefit in the number of times that we say it, and in also what sentences were taught to us by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that come directly after we say La ilaha illallah. Naam, kana yuhallilu bihinna dubra kulla salatin. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he used to say La ilaha illallah after every salat, and he taught us. Many adhkar, but from these adhkar is the dhikr that was for the homework. Naam. So for those who were here in last week's class, then you already know what the homework was. And it was the following, it was the following dhikr. It was the following dhikr. Naam. That after the salah, after the salah, after we taslim out, right? Then from the adhkar that we are to say and that we should be saying is, La ilaha illallah. Wahdahu la sharika lahu. Lahu al-mulk. وَلَهُ الْحَمْدُ وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ لَا حَوْلَ وَلَا قُوَّةَ إِلَّا بِاللَّهِ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَلَا نَعْبُدُ إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ لَهُ النِّعْمَةُ وَلَهُ الْفَضْلُ وَلَهُ الثَّنَاءُ الْحَسَنُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ وَلَوْ كَرِهَ الْكَافِرُونَ This is the dua from the from from the adhkar we should be saying after every single salah. Naam. So in that, in that, what it translated as to mean that none has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. Alone, without any partners. To him belong the dominion, the kingdom of the heavens and the earth, the dominion. Naam. All that exists belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And unto him is the praise. And he is over all things most capable. There is no change in situation except with Allah. Commonly translated as, there is no power and no might except with Allah. None has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. We do not worship anything except him. Unto him belong all of the bounty, all of the superiority, and the most excellent of praise. None has the right to be worshipped in truth except Allah. All of the religion is unto him. All of the religion is sincerely due unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Even if the kuffar hate it. Even if the kuffar hate it. Naam. The shaykh he mentions, he says, Thalatha tahlilat. There are three times in this one dhikr that we say, La ilaha illallah. وَتُتْبَعُ كُلُّ تَحْلِيلَةٍ بِالتَّأْكِيدٍ عَلَى مَعْنَى لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَالتَّحْقِيقِ لِمَضْلُولِهَا And every time after we say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Then there comes in the sentence directly thereafter it That which reinforces the meaning of لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And that which establishes that which is pointed to by لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Naam, so this this is tremendous, right? Subhanallah, this is uh, this is excellent. Let us contemplate on it. The Shaykh is going to break it down. Let us contemplate and reflect. He says, Fatahlila and Ula, the first statement of La ilaha illallah, right? Is followed by what? It's followed by his statement, Wahdahu la sharika la. It's followed by his statement, alone without any partners. Alone without any partners. لِأَنَّ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ تَقُومُ عَلَى رُكْنَيْنِ And this is because لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ It is established upon two pillars. It is established upon two pillars. النَّفِي وَالْإِثْبَاتِ Negation and affirmation. النَّفِي فِي قَوْلِهِ لا إله. The negation is in his statement 
none has the right to be worshipped. وَإِثْمَاتْ فِي قَوْلِهِ And the affirmation is in his statement, إِلَّا Allah, Except for Allah. نعم. None has the right to be worshipped. This is what? This is negation. Except for Allah, this is affirmation. هَذَا هُوَ التَّوْحِيدِ This is Tawheed. Naam. That we, not just that we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also that we negate worship from everything else. Naam. So we have to what? Negate worship from everything except Allah. That is Tawheed. Naam. فَأَكَّدَ النَّفِي وَالْإِثْبَاتِ بِقَوْلِهِ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ so the affirm, so the negation and the affirmation were confirmed, re-emphasized inside of the statement, وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ Alone, without any partners. Alone, without any partners. Alone, that we worship Allah, what? Alone, that's ithbat, that's an affirmation. لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ Without any partners, what? This is negating partners for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the statement is followed by what? By that which it emphasizes the meaning of it and it confirms that which la ilaha illallah is pointed to. نعم فَإِنَّ قَوْلَ وَحْدَ تَأْكِيدٌ لِلْإِثْبَاتِ Because his statement alone, then this is an affirmation. This is an affirmation or this is uh, an emphasis نعم, for uh, the affirmation. It is an emphasis for the affirmation. وَقَوْلَ And his statement, لَا شَرِيكَ لَهِ تَأْكِيدٌ لِلْنَّفِي Then this is an emphasis, emphasizing what? The negation. Emphasizing the negation. فَأَتْبَعَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ بِالتَّكِيدِ التَّوْحِيدَ الَّذِي دَلَّتْ عَلَيْهِ So لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ was follow up by an emphasis of the tawheed in which it points to. ثُمَّ أُتْبِعَتْ بِبَرَهِينَ التَّوْحِيدِ And then it is follow up after that by bringing what? The proofs and the evidences of التَّوْحِيدِ نعم So we say لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Then we emphasize the meaning of it and that which it points to and then we bring the proofs and the evidences that prove why it's la ilaha illallah that none has the right to worship and choose Allah why lahul mulk unto Allah belongs the dominion of everything everything belongs to Allah طيب. everything belongs to Allah showing us we understand from that what the power and the might the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala all everything belongs unto him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created everything by himself so therefore Allah ta'ala to be worshipped alone what by himself everything belongs unto Allah so how are we going to worship something that is owned by Allah <laughs> how you how are we going to worship a slave of Allah no we've been created to worship the creator naam we have not been created to worship creation. So, everything belongs unto Allah. So, therefore, that points us to the fact, that points us to the reality of what? La ilaha illallah. Because what sense? It will be, it will be nonsensical to give ibadah to a slave from the slaves. No, we're supposed to give ibadah to what? To who? To the Lord of all that exists. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, by saying, lahul mulk, naam, this it shows us what the proof why or yani the barahin it gives us evidence of why la ilaha illallah is to be established walahul hamd and all the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala naam hadhul haqq this is the truth because no matter what no matter what yani will reach a person that will justify a praise and a thanks ultimately is what is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that's good that reaches you is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything that benefits you is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No matter which means by way in which it reached you, what it is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the owner of all that exists. Naam, Masha Allah can, wa ma lam yasha lam yakun. Whatever Allah wills is, whatever He does not will is not. Naam. So when that good reaches you, Naam, we understand that 
يعني, uh, uh, from thinking uh, Allah is that we thank the people. Naam, this is the good manners that يعني, uh, we have been taught. This is the good manners we have been taught. When someone does good for us, then we thank them. Naam, man lam nas, lam As the Prophet وسلم, he said, whoever does not thank the people, then he does not thank Allah. So we have to be grateful and, and show gratitude Naam, and be gracious to people when they do nice things for us. Naam, but the believer, he understands ultimately that what his connection is not to that person per se, but his ultimate connection is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His ultimate attachment is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because it was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that made that person as a means by way in which his good would reach his slave. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that made and created that good by way, that, that reached us. Naam, whatever good that may be, whether it be from, 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 uh, from, from, uh, fresh water, right? Whether it be from good food, right? Whether it be from, yani, a good, uh, spouse, uh, uh yani, uh, yani, a good, uh, position, job, whatever the case is, right? It's all from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So ultimately what? The thanks belong to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. All praise and thanks belong to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So with that being the case and everything that is connected unto that, that's another proof that what? That only Allah deserves to be worshipped. Nothing deserves to be worshipped except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then, here's the kicker, is that it comes after that and it ties all of this together by the statement, وَهُوَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ And he is over everything what? Capable. He is over everything most capable. Naam, the Allah Ta'ala, there is nothing that he can't do. He can do whatever it is yani, uh, 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 he wants to do because he is the all-powerful, the almighty. أَيْ أَنَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى كَوْنُهُ يعني, uh, تَفَرُّدَ بِالْمُلْكِ yani, That Allah Ta'ala, in, in the sense that يعني, كونه, نعم, uh, تَفَرُّدَ بِالْمُلْكِ وَحْدَ وَالتَّدْبِيرِ وَحْدَ أنه على كل شيء قدير لا شريك له هذا دليل على وجوب إفراده بالتوحيد والإخلاص الدين له جل وعلا because the same fact that Allah Taala he is يعني all of the dominion belongs to him and him alone by himself and he arranges the affairs therein alone by himself and at verily he is over everything most capable alone by himself this is a proof and an evidence that shows us the obligation of singling out Allah alone with Tawheed and making all of the religion sincere unto him Jalla wa'ala now making all of the religion sincere unto Allah Jalla wa'ala and then after that is followed by the statement which is a uh, treasure from the treasures of Jannah as the Prophet Sallallahu he informed us and that is a statement of what La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah Naam. That there is commonly translated as there is no power and no might except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But what it means more accurately is that what is that there is no change from situation to situation. There is no change from situation to situation except by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So let's take this for example. A person, he's sick, right? They're sick. For them to get better will be what? A change in their situation. They go from sickness to health. There is no change from sickness to health except by Allah's permission. Right? If Allah does not decree that, then the person's sick and that's it. You understand? If a person is sick, a person is healthy, they get sick. That's what a change in situation. That won't happen except by the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam. Likewise, a person, he's poor, she's poor. And then they go from being poor to being rich. That's what? That's all by the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Allah does not decree it, then it will not happen. So when a person understands the reality of this situation, then this will help them attach themselves to their Lord, to empty their heart from everything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the way of the believer is that they empty their heart from everything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and their connection is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this this here is how the believer stays balanced this here is how the believer never goes to extremes as relates to the creation this is here how the believer yani they're able to keep their right state of mind and to look at things properly uh inside of their life and to handle situations when they're connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala
And that is a must. It is a must that, um, is that, uh, that we do this. It is a must that we do this, is that we connect our hearts to Allah and we empty our hearts from those things which are distractions, right? So, when we look at this concept, we understand that applying this concept, it will not allow us to go to extremes as relates to human beings. It will not allow us to go to extremes as relates to human beings. Now, because the shirk that the Christians, they fell into, they fell into the shirk by what? By going to the extremes in ways in, in, as relates to human beings. They went to extremes as relates to these human beings. And then that's how they fell into what? That's how they fell into shirk. Right? Because they went to extremes as relates to Isa, alayhi salatu wasalam, and thus this is how they fell into shirk. Naam. When one reflects back on the people of Nuh, right? How did shirk come upon them? And this was the first shirk that came upon the land. Naam. This was the first shirk that came upon the land. And I, and I want us really to understand this. How did that shirk start? How did it start? Did it start just because they decided we're going to worship statues? Did, did it start like that? No, it did not start like that. It started because of their veneration for righteous ones from amongst them. Because they had veneration for righteous ones from amongst them. That's what led them to what? That's what led them to make these idols. And then eventually that's how they became to start worshiping these idols. But at first they didn't worship these individuals. Now, as, 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 uh, as, as, as people, as Allah Ta'ala, he informs us in Surah to Nuh, وَقَالُوا لَا تَذَرُنَّ آلِهَتَكُمْ وَلَا تَذَرُنَّ وَدًّا وَلَا سُوَاعًا وَلَا يَغُوثُ وَيَعُوقَ وَنَسْرًا Nuh's people, they said, do not abandon your idols. Do not abandon Wed, nor abandon Suwa', nor abandon Yaguth, nor abandon Ya'uq, nor abandon Nasr. Why? Because these were the people that they used to venerate. These were the people they used to venerate. Wed, Suwa', Yaguth, Ya'uq, Nasr. These were the people that they used to venerate. They looked up to them. They made Ghulu as relates to them. So when these people died, what happened? The shaitan came to them and said, you should make statues on the, the place where they used to gather, make statues in that place. So representations of these individuals, so that when you walk by these places, it reminds you of their righteousness, which will help you and encourage you to what to be righteous, to take them as an example of righteousness. Naam. So for their ghulu, for their extremism, as it relates to these particular people and going and going beyond the limit as it relates to these individuals, they made these statues. You see? Then there came a generation who didn't know. Why did our forefathers make these statues? Why are these statues here? They didn't know. So Shaitan came to them and he said, Your forefathers made these statues in it here and they put them here because they used to worship them. Because they used to worship them. And that's how Shirk came upon the earth. That's how shirk came upon the earth by doing what? By going, being, becoming extreme as relates to human beings. Being extreme and, and going too far as relates to what? To human beings. Now, this, this is how shaitan tricked the people of Noah. This is how shaitan tricked the Christians. This is how shaitan tricked the Jews. Could the Jews do this with their rabbis? Right? This how Shaitan tricked the Sufiya. Naam. This how Shaitan tricked the Sufiya. Will you find the Sufiya bringing statements that rival, if not, yani, go beyond the statement of some, some other, yani, some, some, some of the Kufar. Naam. And of course, we're talking about the Ghulat of the Sufiya, the Ghulat of the Sufiya, those whom the ulama, they said, yani, in general, that their general ruling is that they have left Islam. Naam. You have from, from them, those who believe that their Shaykh, Yani will put his tent over the hellfire and he will prevent people from going into the hellfire. 
This is what they believe. And that their sheikh, he is the one who will admit people into the Jannah. This is shirk bi'ain. Like, no, no one doubts this, right? But this is to the, to the extremism. This is to the extent that they have gone with their extremism, uh, and their over veneration of their, uh, shayukh. Is that they believe stuff like this. They believe things like that. That the way you get to Jannah is by way of the sheikh. That's how you get to Jannah. And, 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 and for the true follower, the avid follower, na'am, then he has to be in the hands of his sheikh, like the dead person is in the hands of the one who's washing him. Uh, extreme blind following, uh, whatever, whatever the sheikh tell you do, you do, and that's how you can go to Jannah. Yeah, subhanallah. Yani, this is, this is foreign concept to the deen of al-Islam. Because the reality of it is that, this, 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 is there a human being from the human beings that, that, uh, yani, is responsible for how people go to the Jannah? Is there a human being from the human beings that will be the determining factor and decide who goes to Jannah, who don't go to Jannah? Is there a human being from the human beings that could supersede Allah's decree and, yani, uh, uh, yani, uh, say that a certain people who were destined for the hellfire not gonna go to hell because this person said so? Subhanallah. And this is why the Tawheed is what is reinforced here in, in this dua, in this dhikr. La hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. There's no power, no might except with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No chain of situation except from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allahu Akbar. Allah ta'ala, He is greater. Allah ta'ala, He is the greatest. Naam. The Prophet sallallahu He is the, the best of mankind. The Prophet sallallahu He is the finest of mankind. The best of mankind. The best of creation. Period. Is the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But even with that being the case, Yomul Qiyamah. Does the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam make a unilateral decision that 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 the judgment will start? No. But rather, what he falls prostrate unto Allah subhanahu wa taala. He beseeches Allah. He begs Allah. He prays to Allah subhanahu wa taala. Supplicates unto Allah subhanahu wa taala. Humbles himself to Allah subhanahu wa taala. Implementing the Tawheed And then Allah Ta'ala Will grant him to raise and ask And whatever he asks it shall, yani He shall be granted Na'am? By the permission of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala But if this is the situation with the Prophet Sallallahu Then the Sufiya think that their Shaykh is going to come Yom Al-Qiyamah and, and going to put his tent over the hellfire And not let people get in Subhanallah. Do you understand? But all of this stuff, it starts from somewhere. And this is why it's very important that we understand the reality, that we understand the reality and how the shaitan, he tricks the people because he doesn't bring new tricks. All he does is he remarkets his tricks, he rebrands his tricks, he remixes his tricks, and he keeps tricking people with the same trick. Same trick. To change the names, same trick. You understand? So it is incumbent that we what? That we empty our hearts from the attachment to everything except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Naam? That's very important. So that our ultimate attachment is what is unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When a person, this is his attachment, then he won't seek to please anyone. That will earn him the displeasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he wouldn't care about the displeasure of anyone. If he's doing that which is pleasing unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a person that will stand up for the truth. And he won't care about the repercussions that come from it. Naam. This is a person that will stand up for the truth. And they will not fear the blame of the blamers. Do you understand? But how could a person reach this le level of actualization is by understanding the reality of the situation by truly understanding tawheed by truly understanding tawheed this is how a person will reach such a level now this is how a person will reach such a level this dua it reinforces it reinforces it reinforces tawheed Naam, it reinforces a tawheed. The Shaykh, he mentions, he says, And the second, after the second time that we say, La ilaha illallah, is followed up by the statement, La na'budu illa iya, and we do not worship anything except but him. Yeah? We do not worship anything except unto him. To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَإِنَّ قَوْلُ And it verily, the statement, فَإِنَّ قَوْلَ Verily his statement, وَلَا نَعْبُدُ إِلَّا إِيَّا هَذَا مَعْنَ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ 
that and we do not worship anything except but him then this is the this is the meaning of la ilaha illallah naam this is the meaning of la ilaha illallah fa'atafa alayha ma'naha wa madlulaha ihtimaman bimaqam hadhihi al-kalima wa madlulaha al-'adhim naam so la ilaha illallah it is follow up by a statement which bears its meaning and that which is points to which shows us the extreme importance of this particular kalima and the greatness of that which it points to وَأَنَّهَا إِنَّمَا تَنْفِعُ بِالتَّحْقِيقِ هَذَا الْمَضْلُولِ and that verily it will only benefit when an individual implements that in which it points to وَلَا بِاللَّفْضِ مُجَرَّدًا not just because they say it, not just because they articulate it, but they have to follow it up with that which it points to. They have to establish that which it points to. Naam. Thumma utbi'at bibarahin al-tawheed. And then again, after this, it is followed up by bringing the proof and the evidence for the Tawheed, the reason why, the proof and evidence why we implement this uh, at Tawheed. And that is, لَهُ الْنِعْمَةِ وَلَهُ الْفَضْلِ وَلَهُ ثَنَاءُ الْحَسَنِ Because it belongs unto Allah, the ni'mah, the bounty belongs unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أَيْ كَمَا أَنَّهُ تَفَرَّدَ بِالنِّعْمَةِ لَا شَنِيكَ لَهُ Just like Allah Ta'ala, He is alone in the bounty. Yani, and He has no partners in that. The bounty that comes to us is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No, not from nowhere else. It's from Allah only. Allah Ta'ala, he is alone with bestowing his bounty upon whom he chooses to bestow his bounty upon. And Allah Ta'ala, he is alone in his superiority. There is no rival for him. No rival for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And Allah Ta'ala, he is alone with this beautiful yani, uh, uh, praise. It belongs unto him and to him alone. And his most auspicious and his most outstanding and his most excellent characteristics well asmal husna and the most beautiful names belongs unto Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone Jalla wa'ala wahada min dalail wa barahin ala wujub ifradillah wahdahu tabarak wa ta'ala bil ibadah and this is from the proof and the evidences that point to the fact that it is a must it is incumbent that all of the religion be sincerely unto Allah Ta'ala alone that it is a must that we worship Allah and Allah alone. That all of the ibadah, it belongs unto Allah and Allah Ta'ala alone. Ma'am. And then it is followed up by the 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 last uh, saying of La ilaha illallah inside of that dhikr, utbi'at biqawli. It is followed up by his statement, mukhlisina lahuddin. Making all of the religion alone unto him, alone. Naam, all of the religion sincerely unto him, alone. وَهَذَا فِيهِ أَنَّ كَلِمَةِ التَّوْحِيدِ هِيَ كَلِمَةُ الْإِخْلَاسِ And we understand from this that what? That the kalima of tawheed, it is also the kalima of ikhlas. It's also the kalima of sincerity. Ikhlas al-deen lillah. Making all of the religion sincere unto Allah. Allah Ta'ala, He says, وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ And they will not command it except to worship Allah alone, making all of the religion sincerely unto Him. فَنَقُولُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ بِأَلْسِنَتِنَا مُعْتَقِدِينَ بِمَا دَلَّدْ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْإِخْلَاسِ بِقَوْلِنَا الْإِخْلَاسِ بِقُلُوبِنَا نعم وَبِهَذَا نَكُونُ مِنْ أَهْلِهَا حَقْ is that so thus we say that la ilaha illallah it must be said upon the tongue with a person believing in that which it points to of yani in and in, in sincerity inside of our hearts only with this can we be from the people of la ilaha illallah in reality only if we say it with our tongue believe in that which is point to and make all of our religion sincerely to Allah. We have, yani, uh, our hearts are sin- sincere to Allah. This is the only way we can be from the people of La ilaha illallah. This is the only way we can be from the people of La ilaha illallah. Wa anta tara fi hadha tahleel. And so you see inside of this, uh, of saying La ilaha illallah, alladhi yushra'u lil muslim an yuraddidaha dubra kulla salat, kulli salat, that a muslim, he is, or she is, 
it's been legislated for them that they repeat it after every salah. Naam. Istikharan. Lila ilaha illallah. Wa matluliha. That it is, it contains in abundance the statement of la ilaha illallah and that which it points to. Wa ta'kid ala ma'anaha. And it points and it has the, um, it has an emphasis over the meanings of La ilaha illallah or over the meaning of La ilaha illallah wa taqiq lima dallat and and the pointing to the establishment of that which it points to walaw aradna an nastakhlisa ta'rifan jami'an lima'na La ilaha illallah and based upon this if we wanted to take a summarized definition a summarized Definition and, and, and concise definition for the meaning of La ilaha illallah, then, من هذه تحليلات الثلاثة, from these three تحليلات, from these three times that it is said La ilaha illallah, التي يشرع لنا أن نقولها دبر كل الصلاة, that we have been, يعني, uh, legislated for us to say at the Abbas Salah, فمعنى لا إله إلا الله, لا نعبد إلا, لا نعبد إلا الله, وحده لا شريك له, مخلصين له الدين, is that we will say that لا إله إلا الله, none has the right to be worshipped in the truth except Allah. We do not worship anything except Allah alone without any partners. All of the, all of our religion is sincere unto Him and to Him alone. Naam, then this will be, as the Shaykh mentions, وَهَذَا مِنْ أَجْمَعْ وَأَحْسَنُ وَأَوْفَى مَا يَكُونُ تَعْرِيفًا لِلَا إِلَهَ لَلَّهِ Then this will be from the most concise, this will be from the finest, this will be from the most uh, encompassing uh, definitions for لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ And we get that from what? From this particular uh, dua from this particular dhikr why because we are by way of this dhikr we um what's the word i'm looking for we renew naam we renew our kalima of la ilaha illallah and this is a must that we renew we constantly be renewing our iman renewing our iman renewing our iman and from the from that in the ways in which we renew our iman is by what is by dhikr is by dhikr is by dhikr so it is incumbent it is a must ya ahl sunnah it is incumbent it is a must all the all you who claim to hold on to the sunnah all you who are striving to hold on to the sunnah all you who are salafi all you who are athari all you who are from ahl sunnati wal jama'ah na'am because this is what we are and we proud to say that we don't hide that from no one na'am we salafi na'am that's right, we Salafi, you understand? But it is incumbent that we understand what is a Salafiyyah. It is incumbent that we act accordingly. It is incumbent that we bring the akhlaq that is uh, uh, necessary. Because it's not just about a statement. When a person say they Salafi, they're saying that what? They're saying that they are upon that which the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he was upon. And they are upon that which the Sahaba, radiallahu ta'ala anhum, they were upon, that they are upon that which the Prophet ﷺ and the Sahaba, they were upon. So if we're going to be upon that, then what? You got to get your dhikr up. Naam. Because they, they used to make dhikr, right? The Prophet ﷺ used to make dhikr, right? The Sahaba, they used to make dhikr, right? They were serious about their dhikr, right? All right, so we need to be serious about our dhikr. We saying we Salafi? How are we not serious about our dhikr? The Prophet ﷺ... And, and, and the Sahaba, they were serious about believing correctly, right? So, and we, and he say we follow them, how are we going to believe different from them? How we don't know how they don't believe? How, you know, how, how don't we know how they used to believe? We have to know how they used to believe so we can believe the same way. You understand? Their methodology, we got to be upon a methodology. The Prophet Sallallahu they used to have the, the most, the Prophet Sallallahu had the, the most finest of character, the best of character. Naam, the most excellent of character. You, you know, the Prophet Sallallahu he was upon. So we saying we Salafi and then we don't care about our character. The, 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 the Sahaba, they had outstanding character. We saying we Salafi, we don't care about our character. We don't care about how we talk to people. We don't care about how we treat people. We don't care about how we interact with people. We don't care about how we treat the old. We don't care about how we treat the young. We don't care about how we treat the ulama. We don't care about how we talk to the ulama, dress the ulama. We don't care about how we deal with knowledge and so on and so forth. But, but yet, but yet be saying that you be the first one to say Salafi this, Salafi that. Huh? 
You think it's just a claim? It is because you say a word and that's it? You're done? No. It don't work like that. It never worked like that. It is incumbent that we step up our game. Person, yani, happy to be upon Sunnah. Then we have to be upon Sunnah. Now, the Salaf, they were, they were shy. They had, they had, they had shyness. Where's our shyness? Huh? Where's our shyness? Yeah, subhanAllah. You see the way people act online? Where the shyness? And they say they're Salafi. Where, where's, where's, the, where's the shyness? What I'm saying is that we have to step our game up. It's not just about saying something, not just about making a claim, but it's about bringing the reality of what is meant by those particular things. Because, and this is not just restricted to, to the people who say that they are Salafi. No, this to all the Muslims. Why? Because saying you Salafi is saying that you're a Muslim. It's saying that you're upon true Islam. It's saying you're upon the pure Islam, the real Islam. That's what that means. We're not claiming that we something else. We Muslim. Naam. And all this is what enters into what it means to be a Muslim. When a person, they say that they Sunni. Naam. We say we Sunni to make it clear, bring distinction that we Sunni, not Bid'i. Naam. That we real Muslim. We're not Muslim upon Bid'ah. You understand? So saying you Sunni, this is what that means. It means it's the same thing like you saying you Salafi. You have to bring the characteristics that are appropriate. You have to bring the beliefs, the methodology, the characteristics, the conduct that is appropriate. You understand? So really, I'm talking to myself first and foremost, and then anybody else who hear my voice, then I'm talking to you second. But I'm saying to all of us that we got to what? We got to step our game up. That's just the bottom line. We got to step our game up. And it's not about claims, but it's about being real. It is about implementing what we need to implement. It is about striving to do that which Allah loves and that which Allah is pleased with. Well, that's Allah Ta'ala and, and that's Allah Ta'ala and you, you wafiqni bima yuhibbahu wa yaruba. And we ask Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala to give us all the success in doing that which He loves and that which He is pleased with. Wa an yanfa'na bima sami'na. وأن ينفعنا بما سمعنا وجعله حجة لنا ولا علينا. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa taala He benefit us by that which we heard and that He makes it a proof for us. نعم and not against us. فنكتفي إن هذا نكتفي بهذا القدر. وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. وجزاكم الله خيرا